Hi there, Latin 2. So here is our third episode of Classical Literacy Terms. I hope this helps everybody with their review. I know there's a lot of terms, and I'll let the students take it away. Here you go. Emperor Antonius Pius was a Roman emperor, and he was the fourth of the five good emperors. He had a peaceful approach to imperial management. He was born into a centurial family, and he held various offices during the reign of Emperor Hadrian. He married Hadrian's niece Faustina and was adopted by Hadrian and succeeded the throne uh, for emperor after Hadrian died. Um, Ant uh, Antonius Pius's reign is notable for the peaceful state of the empire with no, uh, no major revolts or military incursions during this time. A successful military campaign in southern Scotland early in his uh, reign resulted in the construction of the Antony Wall. Emperor Marcus Aurelius, he was another Roman Empire. He was the fifth of the five good emperors, and he was one of the most respected emperors. And he is known for his meditations on Stoic philosophy. Uh, Stoicism is a uh, is a school of thought that flourished in Greek and Roman antiquity. All uh, all goals should be regarded with indifference, and virtue is sufficient for happiness, is its basic meaning. Um, and Emperor Diocletian was another Roman emperor. He brought stability, security and efficient government to uh, Roman state, known as the Great Reformer. Uh, he, came, he was from a family of low status in the Roman province of Dalmatia, and originally named uh, Diocles. Uh, um, he rose through the ranks of the military, and eventually after Emperor Carus and the death of Carus's son, uh, Numerian, uh, on a campaign to uh, Persia, Diocletian was proclaimed emperor by the troops. Um, the title was also claimed by Carus's surviving son, Carinus, but Diocletian defeated him in the Battle of Margus, and he uh, splitted the empire into three with the uh, with Tetrarchy a system instituted by Roman Emperor Diocletian, which divided the empire between four individuals. Um, and he did this because he realized that um, it took one general to overthrow the emperor to then take over power. So this was his way of uh, spreading the power and um, keeping and preventing uh, any incidents like that from happening. Chimerical, a mystical creature made of parts from different creatures, like a sphinx, comes from chimera, Latin, meaning she-goat. Defenestration, dismissing someone from power, also means throwing someone out of a window, which is what will happen to you if you don't remember this term. Ipso facto, Latin for, by that very fact. Used in law sometimes, but more often than not used in parodies about lawyers' deliberately obtuse language. 
Terms used in modern culture. The first term is persona non grata. Um, in diplomacy, a persona non grata is a person not welcome, and that is also meaning in Latin. It is a status applied by a host country to foreign diplomats to remove their protection and diplomatic immunity from arrest and other types of prosecution. Also, at any time and without having to explain this decision, they can declare a member of the diplomatic staff persona non grata. A, persona, a person so, dis, so declared is considered unacceptable and is usually recalled to his or her home nation. If not recalled, the receiving state may refuse to recognize the person concerned as a member of the mission. A person can be declared persona non grata before the person even enters the country. Another way to use it is, um, is referring to someone as persona non grata is to say that that person is not popular or accepted by others. Another term used in modern culture is Pax Vobiscum, and it simply means peace be with you. The next term is Pater Noster, which means our father. In Middle English, it is Pater Noster. In Old English, it is Pater Noster. And in Latin, it is Pater Noster. The first two words of the Oratio Dominica, the Lord's Prayer, from Pater, Father, Noster, Our, the lift and the finishing equipment are named from their resemblance to a rosary. It is also among all of the ritual prayers, the most powerful is the Our Father, Pastor Noter, known as the Prayer of the Lord. Some say this is a magical prayer of immense power. The next term in modern culture is cardinal rule and number. The first, I'll start with the cardinal number. The cardinal numbers are numbers used for counting. They are also known as natural numbers or cardinals. A set of cardinal numbers starts from one and goes to infinity. And they are usually used to answer the question of how many things, for example, how many people at school, how many people at the school picnic, or something like that. In Latin, the cardinal numbers start with uns, du, do, and tres, and in English, it's one, two, and three. The cardinal rule is a rule that is so important that if you break it, there are dire consequences, and it is the, the rule or quantity is one that is considered to be the most important. Corpus delicti is the principle that a crime must be proven to have occurred before a person can be convicted of committing that crime. The literal translation is body of offense. An example of this is that a person cannot be convicted of stealing unless the prosecutor can demonstrate that the property was stolen. Habeas corpus allows a person to report an unlawful detention or imprisonment to a court. The literal translation is to have the body of. Sub poena is a request or order to appear in court. The literal translation is under penalty. In loco parentis means acting in the role of a parent. This is used generally for adopted kids.
In absentia means while not present at the event being referred to. Per se is an adverb term that means by or in itself or themselves intrinsically. Odium is a term that means general hatred towards a person as a result of their actions or widespread disgust, also abhorrence. Otios is a legal term describing serving no purpose and being idle or having idle behavior, such as unemployment. Hey there, welcome to the Latin 2 podcast. My name is Joseph Graney, and we're going to dive into the three terms, poker suit, rea avis, and status quo. Upon searching up what poker suit means, it redirected me towards beauty. And beauty is basically things that make objects more pleasurable to look at. Rea avis, upon searching, redirected me and translated to rare bird. The expression originated from the Roman from the Roman satirist Juvenal. Status quo was is the existing state of affairs, especially regarding social or political issues. These were all found upon Wikipedia. Thank you for your time. Pro bono publico means for the public good. It is often shortened to pro bono. It is used to describe professional work taken on voluntarily and without payment. Prima facie means at first sight. It can also mean based on first impressions. It comes from the Latin word primus, first, and facies, face. A referendum is a direct vote by the electorate on a certain decision. It is something to be brought back or referred to. Fiat means let it be done. It is a formal authorization. It comes from the Latin word fieri, be done or made. Sum bonum means the highest good. It can also be called sumum bonum. The first term I will be covering is post hoc ergo propter hoc, meaning cause and effect. It's, it's translated as since event Y, event X is followed. And it's talking about the since something has happened, something else has happened because of it. And it's this idea of cause and effect. The second term, I'm covering is QED or quad era demonstrated, which is translated as which was to be demonstrated. It's supposed to appear, appear at the end of a text and um, used often in playwrights and um, manuscripts. The third term I'm covering is veritas, meaning truth is. It's translates in Latin as truth or reality, and um, words like verily uh, and are derived from it. It's the motto of Harvard, and in, um, the Latin proverb for it is in wine, truth, meaning um, you can often find a lot of truth um, after people drink and kind of lose that wall of wine. The first term I'm going to be doing is placebo. Placebo comes from Latin word placere, which means to please. A placebo is an inactive substance or other intervention that looks the same as and is given the same way as an active drug or treatment being tested. 
The next term is MD. MD means doctor of medicine, and in Latin it means medicine doctor. The next term is PhD. PhD means doctor of philosophy, and in Latin it means Latin philosophia doctor. My next term is Hippocratic Oath. The Hippocratic Oath is, I swear to fulfill to the best of my ability and judgment this covenant. I will respect the hard-won scientific gains of those physicians in whose steps I walk and gladly share such knowledge as is mine with those who are to follow. This is the oath which states obligations of doctors formally taken at the beginning of everyone's medical practice. My next two terms are alumnus and alumna. Alumnus is a male graduate or former student of a particular school, university, or college, and an alumna is a female graduate or former student of a particular school, university, or college. My last term is alma mater, which is a school, college, or university that one once attended, or the anthem of a school, college, or university. Vice versa is a term that means the other way around, not visa versa, that's incorrectly spelled, used to refer to things in the reverse order. Per se is an adverb meaning by or in itself or themselves. It's also a term that means intrinsically. Odium is a term for general hatred towards a person as a result of their actions or widespread disgust, also abhorrence. Otios is a legal term that means idle or serving no purpose, such as unemployment. Hi, so today I'm going to be talking about Hamilcar and how he was um, intertwined with the First Punic War. So, the First Punic War was a conflict between Rome and Carthage. This was a long war, beginning in 264 BC and not ending until 241 BC. Most of the conflict took place on the island of Sicily, or in the waters surrounding Sicily. At one point, Rome attacked Carthaginian lands in Africa, very close to Carthage itself. This campaign was not successful because a Spartan named Xanthippius led the Carthaginian forces in defending their homeland. On the island of Sicily, one Carthaginian commander had been very successful in fighting the Roman army, and his name was Hamilcar Barca. Rome eventually cut off supplies coming into, the, into Sicily from Africa with their navy. And Hamilcar and Carthage were eventually forced to sue for peace. This made Hamilcar Barca angry and frustrated. Hamilcar had to agree to leave Sicily with his African mercenary army and return to Africa. All in all, Rome won the First Punic War when Carthage agreed to terms in 241 BC. In doing so, Rome had become the most dominant navy in the Mediterranean Sea. Carthage had to pay for war damages and Rome con took control of all, of all the Carthaginian lands on the island of Sicily. Hamilcar Barca was determined to seek revenge against the Romans and the bad feelings between those two powers was just the beginning. Now let's rewind and let's talk about Hamilcar a little more. So Hamilcar Barca, he was a general who assumed command of the Carthaginian forces in Sicily during the last years of the First Punic War with Rome. Until to the rise of his son Hannibal, Hamilcar was the finest commander and statesman that Carthage had produced. 
Nothing is known of Hamilcar before he was given given command of of the Carthaginian forces in Sicily in 247 during the First Punic War. Hamilcar was a common Punic name. In fact, another general of the same name preceded him in command. Barca was perhaps a family name, though probably more in an epithet, meaning lightning. By 247 BC, when Hamilcar took charge of Sicily, Carthage had lost to Rome all of its Sicilian possessions, except Lilibon, now which is Marsla, and Drepanum, which is now Trapani. While harassing Roman troops with tactics in western Sicily, Hamilcar staged a landing on the north coast, capturing Mount Erct, which he had held in the face of determined Roman attempts to dislodge him. From that area, he mounted naval expeditions against the shores of Sicily and and southern Italy. He then left Erct for Mount Erks, which he held until 241 BC. After the defeat of Carthaginian fleet in that year by Gaius Hutatius Catalus, the Carthaginians made a treaty with the Romans that ended the war. Hamilcar bristled at the terms of the treaty, which obligated Carthage to, play a Ro- to pay Rome a huge indemnity and to surrender all land in Sicily. Thus, in 241 BC, the First Punic War drew to a close with the establishment of a new imperial power in the West. It was the first chapter in the history of the Roman Empire. One tactic that was quite um, imminent was cor- was a corvus, which is a boarding device. Um, the corvus, meaning crow or raven in Latin, was a Roman naval boarding device used in sea battles against Carthage during the First Punic War. So how did the corvus help Rome win the First Punic War? The corvus was the type of bridge that could be moved in all directions. As the Roman ships approached an enemy ship, they would drop the corvus down onto the deck of the ship and then 120 soldiers would rush across and take the enemy ship. In this way, the Romans turned a sea battle into into a land battle. Now, we're going to be talking about Hamilcar's son, Hannibal Barca and his involvement with the Second Punic War. Hannibal Barca. He was a Carthaginian general, one of the greatest military leaders of antiquity, who commanded the Carthaginian forces against Rome in the Second Punic War, which is 218 to 201 BCE, and who continued to oppose Rome and its satellites until his death. Now, obviously, Hannibal was the son of the great Carthaginian general Hamilcar, Hamilcar Barca. And the Greek historian Polybius and the Roman historian Livy are the two primary sources for his life. According to them, Hannibal was taken to, um, taken to Spain by his father at an early age, where he was sworn to eternal enmity em- em- with Rome. 
After the death of his father and brother-in-law, he took charge of Carthage's army in Spain, which happened in 221 BC. He, sec he secured Spain and then crossed the Ebro River into Roman territory and entered Gaul. He marched over the Alps into Italy, encumbered by elephants and horses. He was beset by Gallic tribes, harsh winter weather, and defection of his Spanish troops. He defeated Gaius Flaminius, but was severely harassed by Quintus Fabius Maximus Cantitator. In 216, he won the Battle of Cain. In 203, he left for the northern he left for northern Africa to help Carthage fend off Africanus the Elder's forces. He lost decisively to Scipio's ally Massinissa, and at the Battle of Zama, but he escaped. He headed the Carthaginian government, which happened 202. B.C. to 195 B.C. He was forced to flee and he sought refuge with Antiochus III, whose fleet he commanded against Rome, with dis disastrous results. After the Battle of Magnesia, which happened in 190 B.C., the Romans demanded he be handed over. He eluded them until seeing no escape. He took poison. And that was a brief summary of Hamilcar, Barca, the First Punic War, Corvus, and Hamilcar's son, Hannibal Barca, and the Second Punic War. Thank you.